What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Brie Ann, coming back at you live. Thank you so much for tuning in to Girl Stop. I am your host. Again, my name is Brie Ann. Um, if you're returning, thank you so much. I appreciate you as much, probably way more than you know. This is your first time at my channel. This is Girl Stop, where we talk about all things girl, all things Jesus, and everything in between. Specifically with this podcast, we focus more on um, tools, trips, tools, tricks and life hacks and um ways that we can be better for jesus christ so let me tell you something guys <laughs> i am so hungry you might actually hear my belly growl on this podcast and if so i am so sorry that's so embarrassing but it is like rumbling very loud i don't have gas <laughs> i just wanted you to know that it is in fact my tummy but anyway um every week we focus on something and this week we are focusing on heart matter specifically um hate forgiveness then love so i was blessed this weekend to be able to sit down with some loved ones and talk about life we talked about you know how relationships how people how situations and circumstances can change truly like change your heart towards a person and even though we're talking about we in that conversation we're talking about your heart towards a person I want to talk on a grander scale about your heart matter so I want to talk in, in a different context like put the context of this conversation that we're having into whatever you're going through in your life or whatever you've been through a part of the conversation that was being had I recognize um there was old hurt there was old anger there was old forgiveness uh, unforgiveness excuse me there was old resentment and there was bitterness that had had sprung up um because of this so just to give you a context without disclosing all of the conversation because all we really want to take out from it is the lesson Essentially, there was this connection. There's a relationship. You know, that's what we talked about last week. And if you haven't already, go ahead and catch that podcast and follow me on my YouTube channel where we talked about mind renewal and the same things of relationships. Anyway, um, just YouTube uh, search Girl Stop. That's G-I-R-L-S-T-O-P. Again, that's G-I-R-L-S-T-O-P. You can catch all that. So anyway, um. Giving this situation a context, basically there was a, a relationship that was something that no longer is now. And um, there's all these factors and components that's connected to this relationship. So it's hard to get away from. It's hard to just immediately absolve because of the, the many levels and different levels of ties. OK, so I completely understand, you know, that it's not easy. I've been in relationships myself. One of my longest relationships was six years long. You know, you got a lot of time. You got a lot of emotional investment. If you're having sex, you got a spiritual investment because you got a soul tie connected. You got a lot riding that you put into this relationship. So when we're talking about heart matters, we have to check our heart. Do you or do you not have someone, something, some situation, some circumstance, something that happened to you, um, something that maybe you even made up in your mind that is set up in your heart as hate. It has, it has went past hurt, it's went past anger and you just downright like hate this person, this thing, this place. It could be a place, it could be a memory connect. You just have something ugly and, and even as I'm talking, the memory of it is flooding your mind or different possibilities of things are washing through your mind and it's not rising up a good feeling on the inside of you. Like if your heart is hurting right now, thinking about that thing as you meditate on, or even if you're trying to avoid thinking about that thing because you hate that thing so much and you didn't come here to be focused on that because you don't want to think about it. 
This is something that you need to pay attention to. This is something that you need to intentionally take your heart to. Because your heart is hurting and it needs healing. There is healing. There is hope. There is restoration. There is love. There is guidance. There is peace. There is hope. It does not have to stay that way. Now, listen, I am not um, a time changer and I'm not a mind reader. I cannot go back in time and change what happened to you. I cannot go back and uh, resolve the issue there. I cannot go back and read the person's mind and tell you that that's not really what they meant when they said that thing. I can't tell you when they when they posted that thing on social media with Nate indirectly post, I, I can't. And, you know, honestly, um, I'm glad that God didn't create us this way because we would never really develop in our character if we could just go back and automatically rewrite the story. So since we can't go rewrite the story, um, we have to start where we are and we have to be intentional about moving forward in a healthy way. So, again, hate, bitterness, unforgiveness, resentment, um, somebody lied on you, somebody gossip on you, somebody uh, exposed your vulnerability, somebody um, abused or abused you, whether physically, whether emotionally, whether financially, um, whether intellectually, whether they psychologically play games. I don't know what your situation is. So I'm just going to leave a little blank with a period and you fill in that blank. And so we're going to move forward. Okay, we're not going to allow this hate and this vile, this we were done wrong, we were served in justice situation to control and rule our lives. But the first step in in gaining control in a controlled manner is forgiveness. We cannot allow that situation to rule us, to run us. And I'm not even I'm not blaming you. Okay, you may maybe you need to hear that. Like, I don't find you at fault. I don't believe it was your fault. Um, I don't know your situation either. Even if it was your fault, we can still find healing and forgiveness because if it was your fault, guess who you get to forgive? You're not mad at that person. You're not mad at that situation. You're not mad at that circumstance. You're mad at yourself. You haven't forgiven yourself. You have beat yourself up or allowed the enemy in your head to beat yourself up over and over again about the decision that you did make or the decision that you didn't make. And so if that's you, then then today we're not focused on the context of the situation, the circumstances, what you knew then. We're not focused on the other person and their actions or behavior or non-behavior. We're focused on you. You need to forgive yourself. Sometimes you have to forgive yourself. Like sometimes you are the only person that's at fault. Sometimes the situation or whatever you were going through or whatever a bad decision or mistake that came out of that was actually not your fault. Like it was or I'm sorry, it wasn't the fault of other people. It was actually your fault because it didn't involve anybody else. Here's a prime example. OK, I was asked by a team that I work with at church to go by Michael's and to pick up uh, three or four items. OK, I knew exactly for sure, for sure, where the first two items were. But I was not for sure about where the second two, we'll say the second set of items were, the other items, okay? I don't know where they were, okay? But I do know where Michael's is, and I do know that it's down the street from one of the busiest um, intersections in this city. And I know that I have to, it's the opposite direction of where I need to be in order to be at this meeting on time. And I really, truly hate being on time, okay? So I rushed to the store, 
And then I realize that I'm looking for this item. I can't get there. I'm starting to get anxious. I'm starting to get hasty. I can't figure out where I'm at. I, I ask the person. They don't know where it is. And then I have to find somebody else who actually knows where it is. But I have to wait for them to get off the register. So then I get in line and I'm seven people behind when there wasn't anybody in line. And I'm watching my watch the whole time. And I'm thinking like, okay, I really got to bust it to get out of here. And I already had 17,633 things on my mind coming into the store because I was emotional. And I had a very bad day that day. And so I'm already at a height place of unawareness of not being alert of too much on my mind running too far past God and here I am in line I check out I run outside get in my car trying to be on time and what do I do I hit a pole so now I'm furious I'm frustrated I'm mad crying like you know how like crying because you're hurt because your feelings are hurt because you feel that's that it has its place and you know we need it but those tears because you just so mad that you you can't punch a wall because you're inside of a car you don't have one you're just so angry because now I got all this stuff on my mind I'm thinking about all these things financially I need to do that I want to do that I wish I was able to do and all the stuff that I'm aspiring to do and I need money to do this and faith to do that and now I have shattered my headlight, busted my headlight wide open, got a cracked bumper, which if you know anything about cars, and even if you don't, I'm going to tell you, when you crack your bumper, there's no repairing that sucker. You got to get a whole new bumper. So I got a, like, <laughs> I have a small child dent size in my bumper that's halfway cracked. I just literally picked up the shattered glass, or I guess it's hard plastic, whatever it is, from my headlight open my trunk, throw it in there. Like, I, I, what's the point of calling the police? There's no point in calling the police because I didn't hit anybody else. I didn't run into the store, but I ran into the poles that protect people from running into the store. It was all my fault. And I was so mad and I was so mad at the situation. So after I got done blaming everything else and, you know, if they would ask me to do that, I would have never been there. Once you get done, I was the one that hit the pole. And I had to forgive me because I also had to figure out a way to pay for that. It didn't damage the pole. So luckily I didn't owe Michaels anything. Again, it, it only affected me. Um, I'm the only one that was in the car. There was nobody else that was in the car with me at the time. So it's not like anybody was hurt. So again, those are situations that just affect you. And sometimes you have to forgive yourself. I had to get to a place where I was I had to forgive myself because I was like, Jennifer, like you were wrong, Brian. You were out of order. Like you, <laughs> you were doing way too much. You should have slowed down. Your mind was going a million miles an hour and you hadn't surrendered that to God. And so it was being reflected in your emotions. If you would have been coherent and thinking straight, you would have known that you were backing up against the flow of traffic anyway. And that's not the way that parking lot was designed. It was designed to protect the people coming in and out of the store and from going against the flow of traffic. That's why there wasn't enough room for me to back up all the way. So I pray that if you have any situations, any failures, any mistakes, you know, anything that where you let your own self down, where you disappointed your own self, that you come to grips with that because you have to forgive yourself. The Bible says if we don't forgive, we are forgiven. It didn't say who we don't forgive, which is the interesting thing about God, because principally we don't get a choice in not forgiving. The Bible says forgive. Period. It's a comma in the scripture, but period. It does not say forgive only those people that like you or forgive all those people that really, really hurt you. And y'all going to be friends again after it. forgive. Well, they're a stranger and you'll never see them again. Forgive. Well, because they're kind of cute and you want the relationship to work. No, the Bible says forgive. 
And forgiveness is not easy. Forgiveness is not easy. Um, sometimes it takes intentional focus. You have to plead the blood of Jesus. So here's some steps. Okay. When you're trying to work out forgiveness, you have to plead the blood of Jesus over your mind. Once you say, I forgive you, sometimes you have to fight the enemy by pleading the blood of Jesus over your mind. Because after you've said, I forgive you and you really felt that thing in your heart, like he will still bring the memory of the hurt. He will still bring the memory. And it is your job to disassociate the hurt and the anger because that all those things will naturally rise as you envision that thing in your mind. And you have to be big enough and bold enough to say, not today, devil. I've let that go because the devil will try to keep you in a place that you are no longer in. And let's say you are still in that place. Let's say, Every time that memory flashes up or every time somebody says something that hits a trigger on the inside of you, like you still feel that moment, you still feel that experience, you still feel that event or you feel that person impacting you. Well, then you have to forgive. You have to say, no, I refuse to allow the situation to control my mood, control my day, alter my mindset. Because you could be having a good day. You could be all going on about your business, wake up, do your confession, do your thing, and then Boom, somebody says their name and it just wrecks your whole day. We are not allowing these situations, these circumstances, these people, these events, these experiences to have power over us. We have power, love and a sound mind. That's what God gave us. That's how he created us. So we have to walk in forgiveness. We have to walk that thing out, even when it doesn't feel like it. Even when you're saying, I forgive you with tears streaming down your face because the hurt is still so real. You still have to make a conscious effort and an intentional effort in your heart to forgive. Forgiveness is for you. You're not holding that other person, the other situation and context in hostage. You're holding you hostage. You are holding you back. And I want to see those blessings flow in your life. I want you to do your thing, man. I want you to be blessed and prosperous. So again, in forgiveness, sometimes, you know, it's not enough to look at yourself or write it down to say, I forgive you. Sometimes you got to involve that other person. Now you really got to hear Holy Spirit about this because there are different ways to involve that other person. Sometimes you need to sit down and flesh out the whole experience and tell them how every single part or detail of what they said or what they did hurt you. Sometimes the act or the situation was so heinous that you can't involve the other person. For instance, I had a lady sit down with me and um, I am an author for those first time, first time listeners. I have two books. I have two books coming out soon. One of the books that I wrote is called Letters to My Molester. So you can imagine. Yes, I was um, molested. My counselor told me to call him molester because of the consent of the let me find the word. Mm, uh, this is a great word. He told me to call him molester because of the residual hurt. It wasn't the first act. It was the fact that I'd moved 200, 300 miles away and I still could smell him. I still could hear his voice. I still could feel his touch and I didn't want to. That was the molestation piece of it. It wasn't that he touched me multiple times. He actually only touched me once, but because of our relationship and the level of vulnerability that I had with him, he was my youth pastor. That level of disclosure, that is what continued to impact me time and time and time and time again. And every time one of those triggers or one of those memories, one of those events rose up in me, I had to say, I forgive you. I forgive you. And, and it got to a point to where I started suppressing it. And I needed to tell him that I forgave him. 
And God gave me the unique way of writing a book. And in that book is a letter to my molester. I come to find in within myself that it wasn't just him that I needed to forgive. It was everybody involved and around and connected to the situation because I need to be absolved of all memories. Once I got to a place in my heart where even that part of it didn't affect me. It was all the questions and all of the betrayal and the heartache and uh, the stress of every other part of the memory that was connected to that instance in my life. So you have to get to a place where you are healed and whole. And that is what I needed. And, and those of you who are walking in unforgiveness, and I hate to say walking in unforgiveness because that makes it seem like you're the bad person. What you are in unforgiveness is the unprotected person. What you are in unforgiveness is um, because God commands the blessing. You know, he talks about how forgive and it's, and I forgive others so that I can forgive you. You lock God's hand in your life if you're walking in unforgiveness. You know, Jesus was quick to forgive. He said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do as he has as he's like on the cross, as he has robbers um, spitting at him and, um, people, you know, <laughs> jarring at him, laughing at him, mocking him, calling him the, you know, the King of the Jews as his skin is disintegrating off the cross because there's nails in his hands and there's a pierced side and he's beat unrecognizable. And he's telling, you know, God, like, God, forgive them, man. You got to be quick and instant to forgive because what if Jesus would have hung his head on that, on that cross and died and had not forgiven his accusers and his abusers. He died for the sins of all mankind. How can you be a perfect sacrifice and you have unforgiveness? And it's the same with us. We're not perfect, but we're made perfect in Jesus Christ. So therefore we have to follow the example, no matter how hard, no matter how um, painful, no matter how rich and real that experience is, we have to forgive. A part of forgiving is letting go. So you may need to Involve the other person. You may need to involve in, in some unique way. You seek Holy Spirit because I told Holy Spirit, I said, God, listen, I don't believe I'm at a place where I can pull up at his house and knock on his door. I don't know what my mind would do. I don't know um, if I'm at that level of healing. But at the level of healing, I was to sit down and write the letter. I was great. I was golden. That was good for me. That was healing for me. That sealed the deal for me. Um, if you um, just speaking to my uh, rape and molestation by uh, survivors, if that uh, rapist or that survive or that molester is in your home or is in your family and you have to see them repeatedly at functional at, uh, family functions or, you know, if that's your dad or if that's a closer proximity than what I experienced, I would definitely admonish you that you hear Holy Spirit because you do have to see see them more than um, what you would normally nor, more than what I did. So, again, I, I just want you to hear Holy Spirit. Pray about that thing because you got to bring healing and closure because you got to you got to close that off. I'm not saying that you can't ever talk about it again. I'm not saying that I'm making light of your situation because I know what I went through. You are not talking to anybody that hasn't been through what you're going through and what you are going through because of that. But I want you to know that if you don't get healed and whole like your relationships following after that will not be all that they can be. They will they will not be because you'll be broken in an area where that man or that woman needs to be able to to love you and to connect with you. And they won't be able to because a part of you is broken and a part of you isn't healed. 
So I know that I'm talking to somebody who's been through something traumatic because that's not even really the focus of what I was talking about. But I do have a heart for you. And I want you to know, like, let me know if it's you. Please send me a voice message. Send me a DM. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, wherever else. And let me know that it's you. Let me know that um, where you are and allow me to help you walk through that process because it is a process. And um, sometimes you need somebody that simply understands. And I believe that I can help you. So backing up out of that, guys, we need to forgive. We need to forgive those that hurt us. That's, the Bible says forgive those that, spite, that spitefully misuse and abuse you. God is not excusing the abuser. God is not excusing the abuse. But he needs you at a place so that you can walk in freedom. And let me tell you this. I've been, I've been resonating on this for the past week or so. And it's really helped me in a lot of ways. No, God did not cause or allow that event in your life. He did not. So remove the blame for God. However, he does not waste hurt. So there is a light and lesson that have come out of the situation. No, God didn't cause it, but he did use it for his glory. He did turn around and make that mess in my life a message for so many other women, so many other hurting girls and so many other men, too. Because I think we like to think that men aren't touched and they aren't sodomized and they aren't abused and they, you know, have to be masculine and they can't talk about it, especially in the black community. And that is not the case with me. I don't care what you consider your gender is, what you consider it as. Rather, I want you healed. I want you happy and I want you whole. So, guys, let's walk in forgiveness. Let's let's live out of forgiveness, because if we walk in, of, in forgiveness and we live out of that forgiveness, if we walk in that freedom, we will experience true peace that passes all understanding. And we will experience true joy and freedom that we really, truly long for and desire. OK, so in my notes here, I just have that, you know, after we walk out forgiveness, it's comma then love because love is what we really want. We didn't want to be rejected and hated on and lied to and talked about. And we didn't want to be, you know, excluded out of the group message of friends. We didn't want to be left out of the group gathering. We really didn't want to be left out of the Snapchat group chat. Like, that's not what we really wanted. Like we didn't in our heart of heart of hearts. We didn't want that. We didn't want for it to be awkward. Now, when I sit beside you in class because we weren't worth something that we weren't, we didn't want it to be awkward when I see you in public. We didn't want that relationship to have to leave. However, it is awkward. So because now that we need to walk in forgiveness, um, we get to experience the benefits of God's love, God's love, God's protection, God's covering, um, God's answer. Sometimes I think what we really need is God's answer on the matter. Like, we need God's answer. Sometimes our answer is not a, it's not enough. The little cliche that we inserted on the back end of the issue to try to make it make sense or to shut up anybody else saying anything on the matter. Those things bother the crap out of me. If you want to know one of my pet peeves, that is it. If you when I say it's like an empty answer, it's an empty non-answer to answer or speak for God. For instance, let's say since we're talking about it already. Let's say that somebody's marriage failed or somebody dies in the family or somebody was molested or raped. Then we say these stupid things like, well, God doesn't make any mistakes. OK, you're right. God doesn't make any mistakes. However, humans do because we're flawed and imperfect. So help me actually deal with the matter and not try to write it off to some super foolish statement that makes no sense and no connection to what I'm actually going through. I don't like that. And um. I don't know. Um, 
I don't know if that's how you feel, but I don't like that. I like a real answer. So I, I like to get God's answer. What does God say about it? How does God resolve and absolve this? What in God's perfect plan of things like what is what did he write out as the verdict or the final answer or the say so? And in a lot of ways, it starts with forgiveness. It starts with it starts with us. God is never going to start on somebody else. He's always going to start on us. So, guys, I pray that you get to experience this love and this unconditional agape, unlimited, unrestricted awe-inspiring, amazing power of God to transform you, to renew you in your mind, renew you in your spirit, creating you a clean heart toward that matter. If you need some scripture on this, again, let me know, guys. I, I want you to walk in freedom. And I feel like if all these goals and all these dreams and all these amazing things we want to see in 2019, like we will not see to its fullest potential, to its most maximized state if we have a broken heart, if we have unforgiveness and hatred and bitterness and resentment and jealousy and envy and rivalry and any of these heart conditions that we haven't dealt with. So, you know, we, we see your hate, you see your own hate, you see your own, whatever, insert blank, whether it's hate, whether it's bitterness, whether it's unforgiveness, whether it's, you know, um, I don't know, guys, you fill in your own blank, but we see it. Okay. We see you filling your blank. And then what we need to see or what we need to get to draw your little arrow on your paper, we need to get to forgiveness. And that little arrow is the connection. What do I need to do? What are the steps that I need to take? How do I need to deal with this? And I've given you a couple of steps on, you know, how to get to that forgiveness, so to speak. But the first and the first and foremost thing that you need to do is simply declare that you forgive, that I forgive fill in blank because of fill in blank. I forgive. I release you. I release the power of this, uh, the power of this conversation, of this communication, of this event, of this experience, of this emotion um, that has risen up in me because of, and then fill in the blank of what you need to forgive for. And then every day you ask God, God, help me to walk in a new level of forgiveness. Help me to walk in a new level of release and of retaining the power. See what what forgiveness does. The thing I love so much about forgiveness, even though it's not always easy, it allows you to regain a power that you lost. You lost a power. You lost a little bit of yourself. You lost something in that environment, in that exchange, in that experience, in that event, in that conversation, in that relationship, whatever it was. And you get to get that back with forgiveness. Forgiveness gives you the power to put you back in control of your life, whether it's in that area or depending on how much of your life is taken over all of your life. So some of you guys who, who feel powerless and hopeless, um, this is your time. This is your way. This is your mechanism. This is the avenue that God created. God has principles and systems, and this is his system to help you to get back to that perfect alignment for which he created you. Okay. And it's only then. It's only at that state. It's only at that place of total forgiveness, of walking that process out that you will feel and experience and be more aware of God's love for you. And that's really what your soul is crying out for. I know that you were, you know, you probably wanted that relationship to work. I know he cheated on you. You probably really wish that he wouldn't have so that you would still be there. But even deep down in your heart, you really want God's love. That's what you were created for. That's what you created to be after. So even though that relationship didn't work, if you get God's love, he can give you somebody that can love you adequately and love you like Christ loved the church. You know what I'm saying? Like you can find, have and forever walk in that because God has equipped you um, to be 
and become all that you were created to be. And he wants nothing less for than, than a fulfilled plan and purpose for your life. So examine your hearts. This means that you need to take some time with yourself, look quiet time. Sometimes our lives are so busy we don't have quiet time where we can actually sit and be without noise, without the TV, without Netflix, without social media. So if you're that busy of a person, first of all, you need to create some quiet time. But until we can get to that, you do have quiet time when you brush your teeth. You have quiet time when you first, first work, first wake up in the morning and hit that snooze button. You also have quiet time when you're using the restroom. So or also when you're showering, those are four areas that no matter what, you're always going to have quiet time in. So make sure that you're getting with yourself, by yourself and for yourself to hear Holy Spirit, to hear and listen to the pains of your heart. Sometimes you need to ask Holy Spirit to show you yourself, because like me, you may have suppressed that thing so far that you honestly forgot about it. And it subconsciously works through you in behavior and the way you don't trust and the way you don't do this or you won't do that. And because of your triggers in this area and because of what he done or didn't or didn't do, you won't do this or you can't do that or you're super untrusting over here. So, again, um. I think that that's imperative. I think that that's essential. And I think that that will impact your livelihood. I believe that you will live a better quality of life when you forgive and you get to experience God's love. Now, understand what I'm saying. If, even in your state of unforgiveness, it's not that you aren't experiencing God's love. It's not that you cannot feel God's love and you do not have God's protection because he is sovereign and all knowing and all powerful. OK, so you are. Right now, because you're listening to this experience and God's grace and new mercies, because his grace and mercies are made new daily. Let me just clarify this point. What I want you to understand is there's another level of richness and authenticity and overpowering, overwhelming, consuming um, richness of God's love that the forgiveness and the bitterness and the hate and all of those things won't allow you to experience. So it's kind of like I'm getting my drink out of the cup. But I'm not getting to drink the whole cup or I'm getting to eat from the plate or sit at the table, but I'm not really getting to finish my food or I can't really get to that sweet spot of dessert because that place on my plate has um, filled. It's filled me up your capacity. It, you're limited. OK, so I love you guys. I know that this wasn't so much of a, you know, uh, normal high energy. And again, if this is your first time, please come back or check out some of my other podcasts because I promise they're not as heart wrenching. Uh, no pun intended. But we sometimes we got to get down to the roots. A lot of y'all are dealing with situations, circumstances and people on symptom levels. And you need to get down to the roots. You now you need to get down to. As my country father says, rooted to the tootie, like you got to get down to the root, down to the uh, heart of the matter. And sometimes the heart is you. A lot of your actions and your relationship decisions are based on a broken or a maimed or a frail or a vulnerable root that you're trying to protect or hide. And God didn't create you to be that way. I'm telling you what I know, man. So, again, I love you guys. I hope that you enjoyed today's podcast. If you did, please share it with a friend. Um, give me a thumbs up. Like it. Love it. Um, go over to my YouTube. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook on our Girl Stop page. Um, and we will be back Thursday. I love you guys. Until next time. Peace, love and hair grease.